0: Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi. And welcome back to Stress, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. I'm really excited and grateful that you are checking out today's podcast episode, where I'm going to speak about highly sensitive people, or in short, HSPs. And it is a topic that is really, really dear and close to my heart because I am an HSP myself. And I didn't know for many, many years. I only found out around three years ago and it changed my life forever. And so I really want to share this topic with you today. And I've done a lot of research. I feel like I've been announcing doing this podcast for a while now and I've been promising a few people to talk about this topic but I really wanted to make sure that I'm doing all of my research and that I have as much information and tips for you as possible so you know in the future either how, how you can identify an HSB, maybe you're listening to this podcast today and you're going to be like, oh, I think I'm an HSP as well. Or you are listening to this podcast today and you might identify a person in your environment, no matter if it's friend or a colleague, that has actually the HSP trait. And it will help you to understand how you can help them and how they tick and how you can make their life a little bit easier. So, yeah, so I have a lot of information for you today, and I'm really excited to share it with you. And I also have a few announcements for you because I've been really deep diving into this topic. I've read a couple of books on HSBs and empaths as well. And so I created a blog post for you on my website where you can read all of the information and you can share this information as well with others. And I also made a couple of smaller YouTube videos that you can watch over the next couple of weeks. As you know, I always um, publish one video per week on Fridays on in addition to the podcast video on my YouTube channel. And so you can learn as we go along more and more about the HSP trait. I'm talking in these videos, for example, about the difference between an HSP and an introvert. I'm talking about the characteristics of HSPs. And I'm also talking about how you can use the strengths of an HSB in the workplace, no matter if you are an HSB yourself or if you're working with HSBs pretty really closely. And the likelihood that e- either you are an HSB or you have somebody in your environment is pretty high because they say that between 15 to 20 percent of the overall population has this trait, which is scientifically proven, is a little bit different than other people. Alright, so without further ado, let's jump into how did I find out why that I am an HSP. And I was actually listening to a podcast myself three years ago, and the podcaster, the podcast host, talked about highly sensitive people. And I remember this day because my world has been forever changed since because I didn't know that this even existed. I didn't know what the characteristics are of an HSB. And since I'm aware of it, I can so much better deal with kind of just, you know, the effects that I'm experiencing on a daily basis. I'm still working on it, of course, from time to time. Um, But it's just, you know, it's all about this awareness. And so it's really, really great. It was so great for me. And so I'm really hoping that it will be helpful for you as well. But yeah, so I listened to this podcast and the podcaster talked about the highly sensitive person and I was like oh my god okay this makes so much sense this is why I've always felt a little bit differently and I'm gonna give you a couple of different examples on this so for example I have a very high sensitivity to both alcohol and caffeine so when I was younger when I was in my early 20s I had a lot of friends that always went partying and that were drinking a lot and having fun and um, while at college and I never really liked that. I always felt extremely overstimulated being in loud places with a lot of people, drinking alcohol. I never... I've never been handling alcohol really well. I literally have half a glass of wine (laughs) and I feel really tipsy. And so this is kind of one of the things of how I I identified a little bit with, oh, okay, this might be me. Another thing that was happening to me and that I just mentioned around caffeine was I've never really been into coffee that much. I feel like I started drinking coffee maybe around the age of 25, 26 when I started working, but it always had a, a really strong effect on me I was trembling and I, I felt like almost anxious a little bit and I stopped drinking coffee coffee altogether um, around nine, nine months ago now and it's really changed changed me in the sense of that I feel like I'm not affected anymore by that anxious trembling kind of feeling, which obviously you can use in order to be productive, I guess and motivated and focused, but it always it always felt a little bit too much for me. And so those were two things that I never really understood why I was this way, especially around like the partying and being in places where there were a lot of people and you were, you know, when you had conversations with other people, it was, it just felt too much. And at the end of the day or at the end of the night, I was so exhausted and so tired and I needed a long time to kind of almost recover from the experience. And the other thing that... I'm strongly identifying with as an HSB is really kind of that emotional sensitivity. And how HSBs are identified and defined is by having a higher a higher sensitivity of the central nervous system and a deeper cognitive processing of physical, social, and emotional stimuli. So I always could really relate to other people. I still can. And I was, yeah, I, for, I'm giving you an example. When I'm talking to my fiance and he tells me about an extremely stressful situation, I can literally feel the stress in my body because I can relate so well of how he's feeling. Or when I'm working with my coaching clients and they're having any traumas in their life and they're maybe really upset during the phone call when i'm speaking to them i feel their feelings i literally hang up the phone and when i'm not taking care of myself i literally feel their feelings i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling really sad and i'm really taking on this emotional their emotional energy and this is a really specific trait for highly sensitive people and i didn't i didn't know for the longest time that I, I had this trait, and that's why I felt this way. I just thought that maybe I, I'm a person that relates a little bit better to other people. Also, especially in the workplace, I had a director... That said to me that he's never met a person that has such a high emotional quotient or EQ than I have because we were talking, I would coach and mentor a couple of people and I would give him some insights about what I was thinking, the strengths and the weaknesses of people were and he was always really blown away but of how um, incredibly well I could judge and evaluate other people and how I could also relate to other people and thus made a lot of really empowering and create connections and relationships with other people as well. So yeah, so those are all things that I'm already kind of starting to go into these like positives and a little bit maybe negatives of what um, highly sensitive people stand for. So let's look really at the different character traits and what I'm finding so powerful and what almost relieved me when I heard about highly sensitive people the first time is that there's really in, in our brains there's a higher and increased sensitivity and awareness around um yeah there's a, sorry there in our brain our brain processes emotion awareness and empathy and has therefore in certain regions of our brain a higher blood flow so it is actually really proven that highly sensitive people have just like a higher sensitivity and i guess a, a wider span of how to take in information, and it relieved me because I always felt a little bit different than other people. I, I always felt a little bit excluded um, or not excluded, but I just felt different, and I felt like people didn't really understand me. I, for example, had to go home early from parties because I was just overstimulated and exhausted, and I just couldn't take it in anymore. And so that always, I feel like, isolated me a little bit from other people, and now. I understand that and I can work with this and we will talk a little bit about tips when you're on HSB later on so how can you identify if you are an HSB or not so if you are for example coping with increased sensitivity to light smell taste touch temperature and sound then you might be a highly sensitive person and again I'm thinking just about myself because I, am, I have such a high sensitivity to noise, I cannot tell you <laughs> enough about this, because I'm going crazy if I'm hearing like different sounds. It needs to be extremely, extremely quiet in the environment that I sleep in. When I'm, for example, traveling for work and I'm sleeping in hotel rooms, I always unplug the fridge, because the noise of that fridge just gives me... The, not the creeps, but it just makes me really tense and um, and really exhausted and really overstimulated super quickly. And anyone else might not care about this at all, but I am so sensitive to this. So I'm switching off nowadays all of these noises. Another example is, is that my fiance <laughs> bought a hot tub for our house outside. And that hot tub had like this little, like motor noise um and so in the in the nights when we were sleeping and I always sleep with a window open because I really love fresh air and that's just how I've always been sleeping no matter if it's winter time or summer time and I would just kind of hear this like humming of the motor and I could not stand it I'm literally focusing I don't know you know I guess there's increased blood flow in my brain of the awareness of the sound but then I obviously also start focusing on it and I cannot stop it. So we actually had to give the hot tub away because I would continuously go downstairs and unplug the hot tub because I would not be able to sleep otherwise. So sound is a really really important thing for myself because it's just over stimulating me super quickly and I feel like What other people might not hear, I'm really quickly picking up. So even if I'm listening, for example, to a podcast and the podcaster has music in the background, I find that really disturbing Um, because, yeah, because it it just gives me too much input, too much input that it just overwhelms me really quickly. So that is one character trait of an HSP. So I'm already talking about feeling really easily overstimulated. HSPs usually feel stressed out quicker because guess what? They're getting all of that input from all the other people. They are so highly sensitive. They have such a capability to take in so much information that obviously they are quicker overstimulated and it can stress them out, especially when you're feeling the stress of others as well, right? When you're feeling the energy of others or when you can relate to other people, that can be really exhausting. So you feel things intensely. Another great example, because when I've been watching, for example, horror movies or when I'm watching Game of Thrones, I can literally not sleep at night because it's there's so much visual and audio input that um, yeah, that, 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 and I feel these feelings of the actors that it's kind of hard for me to, to sleep. And I feel, I feel the things that they're going through. Um, so you might experience emotional hangovers or emotional burnouts. And as I mentioned before as well, you might be feeling a little bit more isolated and lonely because you feel like you're different than other people. And that's the best way of how I can, I think, explain that. Because, yeah, because we are just, we are taking on all of these, all of this information and it can be extremely overwhelming. So we actually need more time to relax. We need more time to recharge because we have this overstimulation. Um, I also talked about reacting strongly to caffeine, alcohol and other drugs. And I'm also not a huge fan of group gatherings and, and these like big, functions because it's just too much like there's so many people there's a lot of noise in the background that I'm taking in really highly and so after a few hours I'm exhausted and I feel like I actually feel like I can't be 100% present because I'm just so overstimulated so I feel like I'm just I'm there, but I'm not really there because I there's just so much going on and my brain is just getting overstimulated. And so a lot of HSPs and this information and that fact made me smile when I read about it the first time is that you are actually feeling better in smaller cities um, than in large ones. And I can so relate to this, as you know. As you know, maybe, or maybe not, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I live in Lake Tahoe, so a mountain town in uh, Northern California. And before that, I lived in the Bay Area, so close to San Francisco, where there's a lot of traffic, a lot of people, lots of noises, lots of smells, and I've never been a huge fan of big cities. I like to travel, and I'm okay with being in bigger cities for a couple of days but anything after a week completely exhausts and overwhelms me because there's just a lot of stimulation and i really like to be i really really like to be in smaller group settings and have one to ones with people than be in big groups because then i tend usually to get rather quiet um, especially when i'm not 100% comfortable with the people or if i don't know people really well because yeah, then I just kind of get that over and it will be really hard for me to connect and be be just myself. So yeah, so this is what HSB's um how they are defined by and maybe now you're listening to this and you're like oh yeah like I can totally relate to this or as I mentioned maybe you also think about a person in your environment that is showing some of these traits and it's not always easy and I feel like especially when you're not aware that you're an HSP everything can seem too much right and you can quickly isolate yourself because you're just overstimulated and you just don't know how to handle it in a, in a different way. So, that's really, really important to identify that you are an HSP or that maybe somebody in your environment is an HSP to then be able to take the necessary steps to decrease that stress and decrease that overstimulation. And one of the interesting facts as well is that not all of HSPs are also introverts. 30% of highly sensitive people are actually extroverts. So, And I actually consider myself, I'm, I'm considering myself a little bit as both um, because I'm a very social extroverted person on the one hand. And then obviously I have the HSP trait. So there are some traits that are coming in um, that are more identifiable with introverts. And as I mentioned, I did a YouTube video on the difference between HSPs and introverts. So if you're interested in that, check that one out. So, anyway, so now I want to really talk about what are stress management tips for HSBs. As you know, I'm a stress management coach and I really want to help you understand. I I hope that I helped you understand at this point why we are having increased stress levels as HSBs. And now we're going to dive into what you can actually do to decrease that stress. Because, as you can imagine, so because we are so Overstimulated, our fight and flight response and our cortisol levels are probably higher or yeah are, are just on higher levels on a regular basis because we're taking all of this in right We're 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 strongly influenced by our external world and so it is really important that you identify first of all are you an hsb or not and then think about which senses are the ones that affect you most. So is it sound, sight, taste, or touch? Because it it can be really different from person to person. As I mentioned, sound is a very strong, has an incredible impact on me, but it might not be the same for you. And so when when you know which of the senses are most affected... Then I want you to think about um, creating a list of locations that strengthen you and that rob your energy. As I mentioned, for example, if you're living in a big city or if you are in a workspace environment where there's a lot of people, lots of noise, maybe lots of visual stimulation, um, that could be a place as well. So identify places. Again, uh, all of this is about building awareness, creating awareness around who you are, what affects you and then, if, and then not only what affects you to identify as a, as a highly sensitive person, but then as well, what environments are comfortable for you and which environments are less comfortable for you. So identify locations and also really, really important, identify people. And they often talk about like these energy, like people that rob your energy and people that actually give you energy. And it's an actual thing. And people obviously don't do that on purpose, but you might be more affected by some people than by others. So think, make a list of this, of both. Make a list of locations that rob your energy and that give you energy and then create a list of people as well because you want to be mindful of these things in the future in order to better manage your overstimulation and over-exhaustion. and then you need to start practicing really to recognize the first signs of sensory overload And yeah, that's just kind of what it is, right? Because once you are aware, you will start feeling overwhelmed or you might start feeling really tired or you might feel unfocused. This is kind of when I'm talking to somebody and I feel like my my head is kind of going off in all directions, I can tell this, oh, okay, like it's starting to be a little bit too much for me, right? So, So yeah, so those are the first things that you can do in order to get a little bit more aware about your trait. And then there's a lot of different things obviously that you can do in order to decrease um, overstimulation, decrease stress. And the biggest, most important thing when you're a highly sensitive person is that you take care of yourself. We always talk about self-care in stress management, but especially for highly sensitive people, they need a ton of time to recharge and relax, and practice self-care. And it is really important because we are so overstimulated and your stress levels and hormone levels around cortisol and um, adrenaline are so high that you need to bring them down. And it will probably take you longer to decrease and you need longer times of self-care and um and recharging in order to, to decrease those higher levels, right? So you, if you have a person that has a normal level of stress, um, normal, and, um, and then they need, you know, maybe an hour per day to recharge, you might be on a higher level of stress. So you might actually need two hours to, to reduce those stress levels, but there's obviously no right and wrong. Oftentimes people ask me, Do I need to do it for 30 minutes or do I need to do it for 90 minutes? That totally depends on you. Like connect, check in and connect with yourself and see how much time you actually need in order to feel refreshed and ready to go again. What is really important as well when you're a highly sensitive person is to know your boundaries and communicate it. So as I mentioned before, I've been feeling often isolated and a little bit lonely because of this trait, because I would leave parties earlier. I would feel like I'm excluding myself of gatherings because if my friends would go out like to party three times a week, I could just not keep up with them. And I would maybe go out with them once max. And then obviously they have more time to connect with each other. And then that would make me feel a little lonely and, and isolated. So communicate what you're experiencing, and communicate your boundaries as well. So Now that I'm going to parties and my friends know about who I am I can actually say hey don't take it personally. I am going to leave at 12 o'clock because I'm tired and I I just need time to relax and recharge and it has absolutely nothing to do with my friends or that I'm not enjoying myself but I'm just having this boundary that before I'm getting too overstimulated I rather leave and, and have them enjoy their time and have me enjoy my time because I'm enjoying it more than when I can kind of um, remove myself from the location and from the situation to recharge again. So it's really important to know your boundaries and communicate them. It is also important to manage your time wisely. So be okay to cancel plans and and when you're feeling overloaded um, and be okay to say no and no is a full sentence and it's so important that that it, you know that you know that it is okay to cancel plans if you're feeling already overstimulated and it is really important from a time management perspective as well to not put too many things on your plate because you just need more time to relax and recharge it's just as simple as that and so yeah self care and practicing mindfulness is absolute highest priority when you're an HSP what you can do, for example, is to set check-in reminders on your phone to be like, hey, just checking in maybe twice or three times a day and see if you, if you have, um, you know, if you have recharged enough or if you need a little break um, and rec- request time out as well if you just need, if you just need a minute for yourself. Um, a really nice thing to do when you're on HSP is to create safe spaces. So we were talking already a little bit about you know making a list of locations that recharge you and that rob your energy, and usually, obviously. Um, spaces that might rob your energies are places where there's more people and it's maybe an office environment and so in order to to feel safe create a safe space create a place where you're feeling extremely comfortable and it doesn't have to be necessarily a room it can be a room but it can even be like a little corner in your living room it could be a chair or a piece of furniture that really gives you kind of this peace of mind and that happiness to recharge and to kind of relax and when you're in a work environment space you can also create that a little bit in your on your desk right so you get a couple of plans get a couple of picture frames with your loved ones create a space that makes you feel really comfortable and peaceful so yeah so creating um sacred space creating a safe space can be something that can be really helpful for you and what really what helps me the most and this is i think why i live in lake tahoe because when i came here for the first time i loved the place so much it gave me so much energy and i again like it was around actually that time and that i realized that i'm a highly sensitive person and just being in nature just helps me so much to recharge so seeing green seeing trees going on trails again because when i'm going on trails there's no road noise there's no there's not a lot of people and it's just quiet and i can just listen to birds and the sounds of the forest and <laughs> it sounds maybe a little bit cheesy but this is exactly what i so enjoy doing and that recharges me so so much um so another thing that i've had a lot was when i um when i'm feeling really overwhelmed and stressed out i have kind of a shallow breathing And I've been becoming very aware of this, of course, because I'm a mindfulness trainer and and I'm practicing different breathing techniques. And really breathing and connecting to your breath can be a really powerful little thing you can do during the day in order to recharge and in order to kind of do a quick check-in with yourself and make sure that you kind of reconnect to yourself. Um it's also good to have small rituals and routines as a highly sensitive person to have these little moments of recharge right to take a breath or to take off your shoes and walk barefoot i think there's a lot of i'm not really 100% sure about the exact benefits and why this is happening but walking barefoot and connecting with like getting grounded can be something really powerful that people do or to just go to a quiet space for a couple of minutes like Think about small rituals and routines that that you actually love doing and that really recharge you. Um, Reducing social media time is really important as well because... I I, Again, I don't really know the effects. I don't know the research behind it. I think that would be a very interesting topic actually to research of how social media impacts highly sensitive people. Um, But, you know, just think about kind of if you are highly sensitive and if you are affected by sound and visuals, Than scrolling through your feed and taking in all of that information, we are just have we are because we're having this capability of just taking more information in, and that can be really exhausting. So reduce and um, limit your social media times to a couple of. I don't know, not, I don't want to say hours, uh, maybe hours per week, but not hours per day, please. Um, Because yeah, it can just be really exhausting and overstimulating for you, even if you just scroll through your social media feed without you being ex- actually super conscious about it. And one thing that I'm still working on and that is really really important as a highly sensitive person is to start learning of how to not identify with other people's feelings and emotions. And it's not easy. <laughs> and obviously it's a it's a really beautiful character trait to have because you're probably you're probably being really loved as a person in in the workspace, um, because and you have probably a lot of really amazing relationships and people appreciate you because you can feel them. So people come to you and they will talk to you about their problems that they have because you can really relate to them. So that's an extremely powerful, a powerful trait and a strength to have. And it's a really, I think, I totally one hundred percent believe that it is a gift to be a highly sensitive person. You just need to know how to deal with it. And, um, so yeah, um, how you can learn, how you can learn kind of to disassociate yourself from other people's emotions is again, to be aware, super important. So what I am doing when I am feeling, when I'm starting to feel the emotions of other people is that I really start Being aware of this. So awareness, obviously, is always the most important thing. And then I really kind of have like this internal dialogue with myself now that I'm telling myself, hey, this is the emotion of the other person. And you can be compassionate. And you can understand what they're going through. And you can help them by talking through maybe a couple of different things. But it's not you. So disassociate yourself From their feelings and that sounds very simple but it's obviously a lot harder to practice than to to say so yeah so just start becoming aware that you're taking on an emotion that you might feel stressed or you might feel really emotional or you might feel um depressed um and and kind of disconnect from disassociate from that feeling from the other person by telling yourself hey stop this is um their feeling and i can be here to help them but this is not me and a way of how you can do that for example is to um, find differences between you and the other person so you know um, and to kind of just tell them yourself Um, again for me what helps me a lot is to just journal and to just write out my feelings and my emotions and um, yeah so yeah so this is really um, powerful to do and as again as I said it's not easy, and I actually also I didn't mention that yet. I also recorded a YouTube video on a visualization. So this goes a little bit. I don't know if you want to say that into the spirituality place or not. Um, I I would co- certainly consider it more maybe a spiritual practice, um, but you can. There's like a shielding visualization that you can go through um, in the mornings in order to shield literally yourself from kind of the negative emotions and the negative um, factors from your outside world. Um, so if, you, if you're if you interested in that, check that out. I haven't worked too much with shielding visualizations myself. Um, I'm just more having this internal dialogue and really working on disassociating myself from the other people's feelings. What is also really important is to sleep a ton. (laughs) Because when you're sleeping, there's a lot of systems in your body that are recharging and recovering. And highly sensitive people usually actually really need more sleep than normal people, people that don't have this character trait. And and I can relate to this really well as well because I love to sleep and I need actually 9 to 10 hours to feel fully Recharged, and some other people might only need seven to eight hours. My fiance, especially in the summertime, he sleeps like six hours, seven hours, and he's totally fine. And I would like be a zombie the whole day if I would be this way. So, yeah, so you can um, really sleep, that will help you a lot. Um, and yeah, just manage your energy efficiently and practice that, and then so these were a little bit more kind of general general tips on what you can do when you're a highly sensitive person but then there's obviously also more specific things that you can do. I just want to talk about two things. I want to talk about sound because it affects me so much and I have found a couple of different coping mechanisms and I want to talk about um, sight as well. So when you're really sensitive to noise you can for example get noise cancelling headphones especially for the head for the workspace that you can put on your ears and that kind of shield out all of the all of the noise um, and I've been especially when I'm traveling when I'm sitting in an airplane and it's like so noisy I have has changed my life I, I have the Bose noise cancelling headphones um, I'm not paid by them or anything of course but they're really amazing um, and they are really helping me to kind of get into my little zone um I have also earplugs for sleep when I'm traveling I do not like to wear them I actually love I need that peace of mind that it is really quiet but if I don't have that I now know that I rather put earplugs in than to struggle all night with the different sounds that I'm hearing I like to listen to relaxing music, um, and sometimes I also really love to not listen to anything and just enjoy the quiet. And as I as I said before, then I usually would go for walks and just relax and and enjoy myself. So yeah, so this stim- this constant stimulation um, is is really tiring for us. And so yeah, so there's relaxing music, there's like deep focus music and calming music. There are so many different cool Spotify playlists nowadays. So check it out. Um, that's really helping me to, especially in the work environment, to kind of tune in and focus and concentrate on my on my task at hand. Um, so yeah, we already talked about finding quiet places to relax and recharge and yeah and just switch off sometimes everything and enjoy the silence disconnect from any devices and just be by yourself and re- and enjoy the a quiet moment and when you're having when you're really affected by sight then you can for example take regular breaks and just close your eyes you can wear a sleeping mask at night And see lots of green. They always say green relaxes the eye. So see lots of green go out in nature um, and um, limit really the time on devices again. Because when you're just kind of watching and your eyes are like overstimulated all day long, that can be extremely tiring as well. So yeah, so I hope, that um, you learned a lot of things today. As I mentioned, this is just a snapshot of the things that I have in the blog posts and that I have in the YouTube videos that are coming over the next couple of weeks. If you are a highly sensitive person, I really want to help you connect um, better to yourself. I really want to show you that being a highly sensitive person is a gift. And obviously, you need to be mindful of how you communicate it to other people, how you set boundaries with friends, with your partner in the workplace. It can be tricky and there's probably challenges that you will um, face, but see really being an HSB as a gift. See it as something really special that you have that other people don't have and use it to your own advantage because there are so many cool things and we have for example the ability to structure information really well because we are so used to that much of input that we are able to structure it in a really um, really cool way and that we find solutions so we are really good at giving feedback for example and because we have a lot of ideas and we have a lot of um yeah experience right because we have we have been dealing with a lot of um, input for a really long time in our lives so yeah there's a ton of advantages. Don't see being an HSB as a negative thing at all. Um, always be mindful, especially working in the working in the corporate world, to uh, you know find the right people that you can talk to about this. I o- I always believe it is better to tell than not to tell. But obviously, you don't want other people to take advantage of you or to. Uh, see you differently. So obviously you always need to take this information with a grain of salt and make the best out of it. But I really hope that this information was helpful for you. I hope you learned a couple of things. I'm really curious to hear if some of you have now identified as well as a highly sensitive person or maybe you've just thought of someone that um, has this character trait and feel free to reach out to them and talk to them about it. Maybe the people that you have identified are not even aware that they're having this special trait themselves and so just you know send them the podcast or send them the blog post and that I created and that is on my website and yeah just share it and you know it's just it's not it's not wrong it's not like crazy right or it's like not super special but um, it's just a different way of how we are processing information, and something different that uh, you know how our brains are taking on, um, taking on that awareness. So I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you're listening to this podcast. Or I'm grateful that you're watching it on YouTube. If you're seeing me sitting here in my bedroom right now, and I'm always really excited to hear from you. So if you have any questions or any comments, I would. So appreciated it to, uh, to see it um, below the YouTube video or to find them on my Instagram account at Blue Mountain Mindfulness. You would always do me a huge favor to come over there and share what you learned from listening to this podcast, what your biggest takeaway was. And I'm always here for you. Thank you so much for listening. I, <laughs> I, I'm so grateful for you. And um, yeah, take care of yourself and talk to you really soon. Bye-bye, Julia. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a five-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.